0: Welcome to the CFX Connections Podcast. CFX aims to educate and connect the people working in churches with those seeking to provide a better experience in their community. My name is Jody Otto, and I will be hosting this month's podcast. I am the First Impressions and Connections Director at National Community Church in Washington, D.C., Today, we're going to be talking about interior design and its importance in the church with David Shanks. David is a recognized leader in the church planning and design and has led strategic planning and design teams for many dynamic and growing churches across America. He has designed suburban campuses as well as urban facilities to maximize the church's effectiveness in reaching the surrounded community. He is an avid sketch artist and uses his talent to better see and ingrain into his memory images of our current world, as well as the world of concepts, invention, and dreams. Welcome, David. So good to have you.
1: Thanks for having me today, Jody. I'm excited to talk to you about the importance of interior design and what it can mean to to the success of our churches.
0: Well, and I'm excited to learn from you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your work in ministry and churches?
1: I'd be glad to. First, I am a believer and a member of a Baptist church here in Dallas. And you know that Baptists uh, baptize, so that means immersion, right? And I think that word immersion probably best describes uh, my background, my family, my approach to work and life. Uh, my father and great-grandfather both were ordained ministers in, in the Baptist church, And uh, our extended family includes several in ministry leadership here in the States, as well as on the mission field abroad. Uh, When I completed grad school, I wanted to do any kind of architecture except churches and um, probably because of that. And I did for a season, but God had another idea. So for the past 30 years, um, I've had the opportunity to work with many of the the largest and fastest growing churches uh, throughout the nation from coast to coast. And uh, over these years, uh, we, both our church clients and I would say our design team here as well, uh, have learned much about how architecture can influence connection between the church and the community. So, if there is a theme to our conversation today, Jody, I would say that it has to do with community.
0: Mm. Oh, that's so good. That has definitely been my experience as well in some of the spaces that I've been able to design as well. Good. Why don't you just go into that a little bit more? Interior design is seen so many times as only about finding the right curtains, the paint colors and furniture for a space. What does interior design mean for you? And can you just expound a little bit more on that community aspect that you just mentioned?
1: Well, certainly, and I can start with probably an in-house joke that occurs in many architectural firms uh, that our clients will usually not hear about, hopefully. But there's this question about whether interior design is seen as interior decoration or interior desecration. But really, you know, we should think of it as interior architecture. And I think that's the way we try to look at it here. Any building obviously has an exterior and it has an interior. But, you know, together, they're still the building. And in a sense, they should complement and celebrate each other, both the interior and the exterior aspects of a building. Um, the goal of the exterior, of course, is to entice the community to come in, to be welcoming. And um, conversely, the goal of the interior is to make each member of the community feel welcome at home. And so for us, then the question is: how is that done? How can we do that? Um, you know, some thoughts that come to mind there are creating a space that relates to the values and aspirations, again, of that community. Um, by utilizing light and views, uh, both outside looking in and inside looking out, um, so that it's almost a seamless experience when you, as an individual, approach the facilities and approach the church. You are, uh, you're instantly a part of that environment the moment you drive on to property and as you're walking to the church and as you're walking inside and as you're beginning to experience the various different parts uh, of that facility. Um, you know, another thing is using um, appropriate materials. Uh, I think materials have a lot to say. They speak to the, inter- the eternal nature of God, but they also speak to the brevity of our earthly life. Um It's about creating spaces that speak to the moments in our lives, you know, be it a celebration in a worship service or reflection in a prayer service or or just a prayer uh, group within a smaller space or fellowshipping and having fun. You know, those are things that that, uh, you do as individuals and as a community. So kind of back to your question, we do need to think about paint colors and furniture and things like that, but it's just so much more.
0: Yeah, no, that is so good. I love um, when you're talking about the seamless uh, experience that you want each guest to walk through um, and that you want your space to tell a story. That's basically what you're doing when you are, as an architect or as a designer, you are telling a story with the building that you are creating and the design that you have, and you're inviting the guest to walk into that story and to be a part of it as well.
1: And I would add to that, that any architect or interior designer, any design team for that matter, uh, is successful when it's not necessarily the story that they are telling, but it's the story that they're, they're helping to tell that the church has to say to the community.
0: That's so good. I think of all the cathedrals that we have all over the world and the stain, mm-hmm. how, how people for generations and generations have always used stained glass to be a part of the, the building, but that in and of itself told the story of Jesus or the church just yes. through the design, which know, just, that,
1: be so brings cool. up uh, an interesting aspect as well, because For the past 30 years, there certainly has been a shift in uh, the thinking of churches and people who are designing buildings to have something that is more relevant to the community. Many times that's translated to being more contemporary. And certainly contemporary facilities abound these days where back in the 60s, perhaps even the 70s, they did not. There there was more of a classic or traditional uh, aspect to churches. But I think nowadays there is there's a a sensibility that says that there there is good in both of those uh, types of traditions. And and that many times the most successful churches are ones that can meld those two things together. Some of our most successful projects have been ones where it was a a very old and stately uh, type of facility but we brought into that a contemporary component and melded them together.
0: Hmm. Oh, I love that. Um, I wish we just had hours and hours today to just dive into more um, to hear all about those different projects. But can I ask you, David, in your experience, what challenges do so many of the churches that you work with face when designing their interior space?
1: Well, I would say the number one challenge is budget. And, you know, I guess one way to describe that is if you are so budget conscious as a church, perhaps your thinking is more, let's just build, um, you know, very straightforward rooms and spaces, sort of the bare minimum, minimum standard, if you will. Let's do off-white sheetrock walls and inexpensive carpet and, uh, you know, lay in ceiling and, and just, you know, call it a day. And there seems to be sort of a, a thought that that is a practical economical approach. But I would suggest that uh, there are hidden costs to that, and especially in today's environment with today's sensibility within uh, the communities that our churches serve, because people do expect much more of whatever facility they're in, whether it's their own home, whether it's the theater they go to, whether it's the restaurant they go to. uh, There is just a heightened sense that um, there needs to be uh, a sense of excellence in that. And I think the church needs to do just as well at that as any other institution might.
0: I could not agree more. We have a core value at my church here in Washington, D.C., that the church ought to be the most creative place on the planet. Yes. And instead, we we see the opposite when we walk into so many of the buildings because of the budget or the factors there. But I just believe that if we have the Holy Spirit within us, yes. his creativity should be shown in the work and in our space um, because yes. it, it takes so much about who we are and how we interact with one another.
1: I think another aspect is that the church in its facilities needs to be relevant in their presentation to the community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there needs to be an awareness of, of the difference between authenticity and trendiness. And, mm-hmm. you know, anybody can take those two terms, authenticity and trendiness, and and, and probably define it in various different ways. But but there. There is, um there is a need, I think, to be as real as you can be and, and be very clear to your community who you are and what you are.
0: That is very good.
1: I think another thing is uh, making design decisions um, with the awareness that there is a diversity of people that will enter the doors of that facility, you know, from from, you know, the youngest to the oldest, you know, various different socioeconomic groups, um, people that may have disabilities. There are just so much involved that we all need to be aware of when we're designing these facilities and make them where everyone feels welcome and kind of at home, actually. Mm-hmm. And then I would say, you know, I believe that churches should be bold in their planning. Um, you know, when you're going into... Uh, a big project, sometimes the details of the interior design of a, of a building kind of get left by the wayside. You know, the, the, um, the budget cuts begin, but I do think that a church um, planning team should dream big and stretch, you know, for excellence and, um, you know, just really go after what can be done. And then, of course, there, there always is the, the budget that needs to be uh, design too, but you have to dream big first, I believe.
0: Oh, I love that. You have to dream big first. So many times. I I often wonder, you know, are there two camps of people, the people who think first and are ruled by the budget or people who dream first? But I do think that if you allow your dreams to um, go ahead, your budget can come in alignment and you can pursue that um, along the way. But I just think that it it's really hard to dream and yes. beyond our resources and rely on God when we're always just looking at what we have first and allowing that to make all the decisions.
1: Well, and I have seen churches grow in a spiritual way too, um, as the money needed to grow and it did, but mm-hmm. so, so grew their spirituality in the process.
0: That has been the story of my church, David. Like I've, I've That's been able to do that. Um, we just bought a city block here in Washington, D.C. about... Uh, about seven years ago now, and we're slowly transforming the entire space. We have a child development center that just launched um, that we use for our kids on the weekends. And then we have an event venue that we're able to host services uh, on the weekends as well and about to prepare to launch into our next phase. But It has stretched the faith of our community, but God has shown up in really incredible ways. And it's been um, a huge footprint on our city here, which has been fun to see and
1: fun to be in there. That's very encouraging.
0: Yes, yes. It used to be an old trolley station here in D.C. So everything that we're designing is um, we're trying to honor the history of the building. So everything is going back to um, honor the architecture and what the space once was. Um, so it's, it's been fun to design um, and be a part of that
1: project. Well, that's great. And, you know, the thing I would say to that too, of course, every, every community has, has importance and and, and every church that ministers to that community has, has the, the importance of making sure that they're spreading the word and bringing people in and bringing them to faith. Um, And I see in some of our larger cities and I've worked in cities all over the country, including the DC area. And, um, and I'm just, and I know some about your church and I am very proud of what you have done at, uh, you know, in your ministry there in Washington, DC.
0: It has been fun to see how God has used our church and our ministry in the way that he has. It blows our
1: minds.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. David, can I ask what if, if you could give advice to anyone who is listening to this podcast, what is a simple next step that all churches can make to improve their space, regardless of their budget? Do you have any advice?
1: Well, let's just say, let's talk first on the um, you know, there's two ends of each spectrum, I suppose. Let's talk about churches who are very limited in budgetability. Mm-hmm. Um, I w- I would say, and this and some of these suggestions are not even what I would put in a category of architectural or interior design necessarily, but every church should take the approach of making sure they're presenting themselves. As best as they possibly can to their community. So, what does that mean? Have a very clean building, you know, both inside and outside. Have, you know, have have the grounds as as nicely uh, taken care of as possible. These are just maintenance things. Um, you know, we talked a moment ago about how you know interior design is so much more than paint on the wall. However. Paint is fairly cheap and paint can change colors from time to time and it can add a new splash. And so if a church can do nothing more than buy, you know, a few cans of paint and make something just dramatically different, you know, over one weekend, that would be a suggestion that I would say, always try to present yourself as best as you can. And then, of course, on the other end of the spectrum, with churches that have, let's just say you know, not unlimited budget because no one has an unlimited budget. But, you know, be, um, be in that frame of reference where you are dreaming big, but not trying to uh, create a wow factor just for the purpose of having a wow factor. Mm-hmm. Be, you know, again, that gets back to being authentic, uh, being, um, you know, I, I think, connecting with your community and understanding who your community is.
0: Mm. Do you have any examples in particular of a church that maybe has done that really well and has led with authenticity in their design or maybe a project that you helped lead about that?
1: I have several, of course, Um, you know, and just maybe to give you uh, again a spectrum. um, I have had the the blessing really of working on many of the projects at uh, a, a fairly large church, actually one of the largest churches in the country, uh, that's here in the Dallas, Fort Worth area. It's Prestonwood Baptist. Mm-hmm. And I have worked on many of their projects over the years and have, um, over that time, you know, made many, many friends learned to love their people, love their, uh, their approach to ministry. And they have, um, they just have a mindset that they are uh, going to, to present themselves as best they know how uh, to their community and to bring that community to faith. And uh, so they, um, we've worked with them in uh, so many different aspects, from you know from major venue spaces to education spaces to uh, school spaces uh, for their K through twelve, and then spaces for youth, spaces for children, and it has just been very gratifying to, uh, to continue that work over these years. Um, another church that uh, I have known for a long time, because when I was born, my dad was on staff there, is a church here in Dallas, and it's in the in-town area close to uh, downtown Dallas, and there at Cliff Temple Baptist Church, um, we have a facility that probably, Jody, is not as old as the one you have in D.C., but uh, the the uh, Temple of Worship, as it's referred to, the, the sanctuary, is a building that was built in the late 30s, and it is a sort of a, a neo-Gothic um, architecture of the time, the 30s, and uh, with, you know, tall spires and, you know, kind of a gothic, you know, dark brick look and lots of cast stone. It's a beautiful building, and um, and yet it's one that, in the old style of buildings like that, um, many buildings back then, straight nave churches, they they were not fan shaped. They were not meant for um, for a fellowshipping type of worship space. It was really more of a presentational type of approach. But again, still a stately building with you know with the uh, chandeliers and everything and we have had the opportunity to do just what I really enjoy doing which is melding the contemporary with the the traditional in that in that respect and so with a lot of these churches like that they were designed so that the main entry the at the uh, at the narthex of the church you know even the terminology is kind of ancient you know sounding as opposed to commons or lobby it was a narthex but um but you know you had to go up several steps in fact about 20 or so steps up in, on the exterior of the building just to get to the front doors wow. and then the reason for that was because of course it sloped back down to the platform to the stage area once you got in When the building was built, I'm sure of the younger crowd and, you know, uh, they could they could take the steps very easily. Um, People didn't drive their cars back in the 30s as much. There were some, but most people just walked from the neighborhood to go to church. And um, and so there there just was not this same concept of the way we do things now with with common spaces and fellowship spaces and things like that. But we are designing a, a new lobby space, a, a fellowship lobby uh, common space that um, is a, essentially a glass enclosed box that's adjacent to this old building. And one of the primary purposes of it, aside from the uh, you know the, the fellowship capability of it, is that we have an elevator that um, it's it goes up essentially a half level, if you will. So you enter one side of the elevator, it goes up half a level and you, there's a door on the opposite side of the elevator that exits you at that area where the new, where the old lobby is. And that way, anybody, whether they're, um, you know, just older and have a hard time taking the steps, or if they're in a wheelchair, they can take that elevator, go up and actually enter and go into the narthex um, just like they could have when they were going back in the Mm -hmm. thirties. Then we took that space uh, underneath the balcony. This is a room that probably when it was first built uh, seated 2000 people. And you think about that in context, of course, nowadays uh, we've, I've, I've designed six and 7,000 seat rooms and in the 30s, a 2,000-seat room was considered pretty large, and um, and so it was a big church back then. But what we've done is we we took out all the pew seating underneath the balcony and created a terrace, a flat floor terrace, and then have an, a ramp that goes down so that again anybody who needs the ability to go with a, a you know traverse with a wheelchair can make it from street level up to the North X all the way through the room and not feel like they are, you know, being kind of outcasts, so to speak. Um, so we've done that. We have, uh, we've, we've revamped totally their uh, children's uh, education areas and it's, it's going to be a very successful uh, building when it's completed.
0: That's amazing. I love that. Last year when COVID just had started. And I was trying to figure out what does this look like for me now? What is my job when I'm not making weekends happen? And I started to pray about it. And I just felt like the Lord had said, because I, so much of my work is designing spaces for people to encounter Jesus, just mm-hmm. like I'm hearing you say, yes. and I the Lord said, you're in the business of building sanctuaries. And a sanctuary is a safe and welcoming place. And like, you can do that regardless where you're at, even if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in a space where you're overseeing a church, you can create these places for people to encounter Jesus in your home, in your living room, around your dining table, um, So regardless how big your platform or how small it is, um, I think you, David, have shared so much valuable wisdom and encouragement for us um, in how we can continually um, use interior design and architecture um, for our guests. Uh, So thank you for that. And thank you to everyone who has listened to our podcast today. David, if um, anyone would like to connect with you further about any of this, what's the best way that they can reach you?
1: Just uh, email would be the best. David at shanksarchitects.com.
0: All right. Thank you. And if you found this information valuable, please share this podcast with others and check back with us to listen in on our next podcast, where Carrie Martinez will be discussing how to best design and run audio for special events in your church. Subscribe now to be the first to listen.